Talk Radio. Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. It's Inauguration Day, everybody. Inauguration Day, for better or for worse. And um, I thought it was an excellent day, therefore, to talk about something that maybe America isn't doing very well, and that is healthcare and communications. Um, I want to congratulate President Bush, but he has a lot of work to do because I think that American health care is really an embarrassment, whereas the U.S. has to, you know, it's usually the world leader in so many other matters, and then you see what happens here and look at other countries and how other countries believe in health care. It's just an embarrassment, and I have here Swami Kali Ray, who really doesn't look at things from an American point of view very much, do you, Kali? <laughs> <laughs> um, Kali is the founder of Trioga, and Kali, why don't you tell my listeners what Trioga is? Hi, Cindy. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Well, Trioga, very simply, is a truly a profound health system for not only body, but for mind and for spirit. It uh, includes the ageless teachings of the East and the way that we're here to better ourselves and to do good on the planet. So yoga gives the tools to allow this to take place. It gives us something for the body, something for the mind, and for our spirit. It's really a complete uh, method for all three levels. Thus, it gives the name Tri-Yoga. And um, Kali has devoted um, her life to this. So this is not something that you just picked up in a six-month training program, (laughs) which you love so much. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you explain um, how tough it is um, and the regiment that an instructor has to go through in the Trioga world? as opposed to commercial fast food yoga, because I think that's very important. Well, in uh, tri-yoga, it's a systematic method. So systematically, uh, students are trained. First, they become as students, and they practice. They show a strong interest, and they've also had a personal experience of some transformation brought about it in themselves from tri-yoga. Then they'll be able to inspire people from within, from that personal level. And they become an intern at that time where they study closely with the already certified teachers, with myself. And they uh, continue that until we feel that they're ready to actually share this. Again, and since it's systematic, it starts with basics and they become certified per level. And it's not like other programs where you come for, like, say, three weeks or even two days and you're certified as a group with everyone. This is really individual, just like if you went to a college course. I would say, I have to say to my listeners um, that, you know, I've experienced Trioga very, you know, in a very intimate way. I've really fallen in love with Trioga. Um, and, I, and I also have experienced, um, you know, the other fast food approaches. And they're really isn't anything that comes close to the authenticity 
of what trioga is. And I must warn my listeners that, you know, don't go, don't assume that a yoga instructor has really been properly trained because I've heard of so many injuries that take place from instructors that go to these fast food yoga places and they make people do things with their backs and, you know, their necks that they're really not ready to do yet because they haven't systematically prepared for it. And I, I just want to, like, cut people's hands off when I see an instructor's hand and they're pushing a person down further, you know, with, you know, risking serious injury to a back. Yes, it's, it's definitely heard of throughout that type of teaching. And that's why, um, you know, insurance companies and various ones are being contacted. Well, I guess we've never had any injuries, so I've been teaching now almost 30 years. Well, for good reason, because it's really the most fulfilling, and you get the most out of it, even though you do it, you know, I call it, I called it, I think, very (laughs) ballerina-like. It's definitely like an inner dance. It is an inner dance. Now, you have... drawn to it. We want to congratulate you, too, because last year you have managed to not release your first DVD, but six DVDs. (laughs) And um, for addressing the different areas of the body and even one for kids, which I think everybody should go into the TriYoga website and take a look what's there for them, Um, although the package is probably very cost-efficient because you ensure that. Yes, it is. We have uh, the prices we feel are the lowest in the market because we want everyone to be able to practice. Okay, so a person can go on to www.trioga.com and it's very easy for them to find the Trioga DVDs. Yes, all they do is go on to Trioga, T-R-I, Yoga, and then on there have the online store. And they're sent out right away. And uh, we just filmed three additional ones just in the past month. And we'll, we'll continue. This is nonstop. Well, let's talk about how you went about promoting the um, DVDs. Um, you have an interesting approach to that, too. It seems that as you travel around the world, um, the sale of the DVD comes as a natural <laughs> sort of... Um, you know, it's her homework. It is. Um, why don't you talk about your recent travels, where you've been, and it hasn't been—I mean, you've been all over the place in a very short of period of time. So, talk about this. Well, Chai Yoga is practiced now in over 25 countries, and so that keeps me very busy on a day-to-day basis in communication with the students and arranging programs and workshops in those areas. And the areas I can't travel to, the DVDs can travel for me. And when I do go there, then I leave the users their homework. But yes, it's uh, been well received throughout the world, and I've spent majority of my teaching time traveling, and mostly here in the states. And and as I said, now in uh, 25 countries, it's it's practiced in. Oh, it's a it's a fantastic approach to. I mean, it's sort, certainly a lot of work for you, but we know how much you enjoy it. I love every moment. Love <laughs> And it's been just really, you know, a great opportunity to work with you because that's where I've seen the shift take place in America is once we met. Well, and the I opportunities think, that you've provided. Uh, well, I think, w- let's talk about that. We went to New York City. Yes. And how did it feel for you rather than having a live audience but to go into this simulated room, for lack of a better 
um, description, and here you are on national TV on Fox and Friends, which has you know only about 40 million viewers, and you, you're walking back to the hotel, and all of a sudden everybody knows who you are. Yes. It's um, it's a little different than addressing groups, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it helps, you know, that I just have orange on. Everyone recognizes me on the streets of New York because they're wearing black. Exactly. <laughs> well, it was also March, remember? <laughs> it was March. <laughs> it was, it really feels fine to me whether I'm in front of uh, a lot of people at a time teaching or I'm in front of one or on TV because I I'm always feel at home wherever I am and I feel like everyone I'm speaking to, um, it's like a one-on-one. So it's really, it's, it's wonderful. And you made it so much fun being in New York together, so that was an added bonus. Well, hopefully we'll get to do it again when you come out with your new line of DVDs. Yeah, I'm sure we will. When do you think that they're going to be ready for um, sale? Well, I, I think, you know, last year we had a spring release, and I, I don't see why not we wouldn't have it now. We just finished uh, three more in the series. We did uh, a teens, a family one, so families can come together also. And yesterday we just finished a prenatal one on four to six months and seven to nine months. Well, I have to tell my listeners that it is an extraordinary approach to the exercise. Um, if anybody really is feeling bad about being a couch potato, there's no better way to get into shape by doing this form of yoga that was created by Kali, um, which is tri-yoga. Um, you are really not, it's, you're easing into the flow of doing exercise. So you're not going to feel as if you're putting yourself out. No, because we only enter the flow through the flow. So the moment you, you come to the class, I'm guiding you how to be in the flow. And it's step by step. So it's really an, an effortless in so many ways. Of course, we have to put out the effort like everything takes. And we need to put out the effort to receive the good benefits. But it's a joyful. It's a joyful approach to it. No, it really certainly is, and Kali is one of the most joyful people that I've ever met. And um, I really, my hope is, and a lot of our listeners are journalists and PR people, is that the U.S. Is, becomes a little bit more ready to accept any kind of concept, Eastern concept, as more mainstream, and not to be afraid of it because it's a little different. I think it's time that people try something a little different. <laughs> well, if they want to have greater health, then they need to try yoga. If they want greater mental health, you know, where they have greater mental clarity, calmness of mind, balanced emotions. That's what yoga also offers when it's taught this way. And it and the natural spiritual self awakens, you know. It just allows them to be truly better human beings on all levels. No, I think that's true. So look, you could save I mean from a cost efficiency standpoint, <laughs> you could save on the therapist. You could probably save on Western doctors. <laughs> Definitely one of the best life insurance policies one can have. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, tell us about India. India is fantastic. It was 50 days uh, tour there, and I traveled to around almost 15 different locations, traveled to many parts of India, and went there as a request to teach Tri Yoga. And it was covered in newspapers, magazines, State and national TV. Well, talk about, let's talk, let's explain to people why you were in India and who's in India before we wrap up because I think it's fascinating about Swamiji. Yes, Swamiji is, uh, as in a lot of India yoga life, there's long names and it's Sri Ganapati. So 
Sachidananda, Swamiji from Mysore, India. He's a renowned spiritual composer there. He's a spiritual master, and his medium is through music, healing and meditation music. He'll be back in the Los Angeles area in the uh, near future. We sponsored programs here before. He's also known throughout the world for his music. And we're a dual lineage where I bring in the yoga aspects, he brings in the music, but all for the same purpose of attaining a more profound state of peace and being a greater light in this world. So if anyone has an opportunity you know, to uh, go to India, he's definitely uh, a major highlight to see. He wakens up India every morning on national TV with his music and spiritual message. Well, listen, colleague, thank you so much for joining the segment. I'm going to have you on more often because I think that you're very inspirational. Great. I would and, love to um, be with And more for, I mean, more on Kali Ray. Please go into www.tryyoga.com. And if there's a course in your area that is endorsed by Kali Ray and Try Yoga, take it. It'll change your life. Thanks, Kali. Uh, thanks so much, Denise. Great to speak with you. And we'll see you soon. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. Information you need, when you need it. VoiceAmerica.com Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. My name is Maxine Thompson, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. How does the idea of adding 20 years to your life appeal to you? Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. For the, Liquid Love Show with Louis the Liquid Love Show is about micromanaging your physical body so that you can activate all of your 68 cells. On the show, you will discover the secrets of cellular renewal that bring about fully satisfying physical, mental, emotional, and sexual life, as well as teach you why people in China are living to be 100-plus years without any degenerate diseases. Once again, that's a Liquid Love Show with Louis Moss, every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for Dave Hudson's Cop Talk. Cop Talk is your weekly forum for police and security professionals to exchange ideas and learn what's working and what's not in today's law enforcement. Join Dave Hudson each week as he brings you insightful and humorous guests, as well as hear great and even unbelievable stories from the cops that lived it. So make it a point to log on and listen to Cop Talk every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. 
business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. Welcome back, everybody. Today's topic is health communications, and um, we're going to continue looking at all elements of health communications before we were talking about yoga. And now I have on the air Amy Lamette. Hi, Amy. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Is it cold in New York? It is freezing in New York. It is so cold. You can't. It's one of those weeks where you can't even go outside. You lose all your motivation to work out, to do anything, yeah. because your skin just crackles and freezes the minute you get outside. It's a nightmare. Well, you got to get back here, girl. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, um, I know that when we talked about health communications, one of the things that you and I discussed is the fact that reality television and the world of tabloidism has given a new dimension to health communications today. I don't think that we would have been ready to watch plastic surgery live on TV um, about 10 years ago. It wouldn't have been any good for the squeamish, but for today, because they're showing everything on television, and it's almost like how ridiculous can the circus get, why not? It's a perfect atmosphere. How do you feel about it? No, and I, I completely agree with you, and one of the things that's interesting in what you said is the word circus, because I think that, you know, everybody who has the stomach for it We'll watch the medical shows, the shows on Discovery, the shows on the Learning Channel, where people's lives are really, really changed. You know, some of the extreme makeover shows where people that are burn victims, people whose lives have just been absolutely crippled by what they consider or what the world would consider a serious deformity or something like that, that's a whole different ballgame from a show like The Swan where they throw in this competition element you know, so you have women that have all their lives not felt good enough, and then they get a huge, huge physical transformation and are thrown into another situation where they're not going to feel good enough. No, it, it's it's really true. Uh, you picked up on the fact when we have talked about this before that, you know, they use this quote-unquote life coach, and you said to me, what's that? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, listen, no offense to the lady if she's watching, but I was looking at the website, and this woman has a very impressive entertainment background. She's worked very hard. She's risen. She was at HBO. She was at, I believe, uh, Showtime as well. She's been in the business for 12 years. As a producer, as a concept person, as an entertainment person, I cannot fault her. The thing that concerns me is her concept on the show. And, you know, she's written a book. And, um, it's again, it's a lifestyle book. It's uh, the swan curriculum on how to change your life. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say she's got to go out and get a degree in psychology or anything like that. But the goal of the show is this ugly duckling concept that we have in our world where women feel less than to then create a show where by nature of having a competition at the end, 99% of the contestants are going to feel less than. And no, I think that's very true. I think that's very, very well. I mean, how are they going to feel, you know, when they go back into the world and they really lost? Exactly. Wait a minute. Hey, I did all of this. I was clutched in my home. I was away from my family and children for four months. I wasn't allowed to look in the mirror. I had this complete physical transformation from head to toe, and I'm still not good enough. You're still a loser. I'm still a loser. (laughs) It's like, okay, you know, what next? 
Yeah, no, I think that's very true. Well, let me ask you a question. In the second season of The Swan, they seem to have attempted to redeem themselves somehow by adding this public service element, and they seem to be picking more people who really couldn't hear or had a beard or... I believe the beard was the only woman of color on the show. I think I think the bearded lady was the only woman of color. I'm not sure. One of, one of the things that got me about the second season is that um, there was, you know, and believe me, I don't believe necessarily in, a, in affirmative action and reality shows, but there was only one woman of color on the second season. Oh, and so if you're marketing the show, where's the universality group. here? I know. Well, it's not a, I don't think that it's a real, I, I, I don't think this reality show is a measure of, you know, the real world in any way. So why should they be conscious of how they're, you know, reflecting the American culture? I don't even, I, I don't believe I've seen an Asian woman. I, I could be wrong. Maybe there was one. What, what, I believe actually the woman with the beard was uh, from India, and she was in the first season. The woman with the beard. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting because when you bring up Asian, we have so many different standards of beauty, and it's really, we have to, you look, you and I are, you know, what some people would call <laughs> lower middle age, and you and I remember when the American standard of beauty was this blonde, blue-eyed breast girl. And we've finally gotten to the point in our society where all different versions of women and men are considered beautiful and valuable. Right. And what is very concerning to me about this show is that the women are put in this cookie color, cookie cutter mold. It's scary. They all come out looking alike. And the one, my, I was talking to my sister about it, and she said, you know, the one that looks the most like the template wins the pageant. No, it's very true. Do you notice that one of the most, um, dramatic changes that they have when they're revealed. It's really funny. After all the surgery they went through, it's like how how much Botox have they had to pull their eyes up? <laughs> really true. And believe me, I think Botox is awesome. I think plastic surgery is awesome. I want to, you know, go and get more as soon as I have all the fun. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't want to look like anybody else but me and the best me that I can look at. And I think that that here is the problem with a lot of these lifestyle change concepts is you're dealing with people that have no sense of self in the first place. And this is why I was worried initially about the counseling aspect and what is a life coach and all of that because who is you? Who is each person? And that's a little bit of what Kali was saying, you know, in sort of a different language. You know, it sounds like she's really coaching people to find the best self that they can be and the healthiest self that they can be. Yes. And, you know, in my business, I worked in the mental health business for a long time, and it was after I worked in PR, so I decided to just say, You're the perfect guest for the show today. Continue working with high-emotion people. And the bottom line, it's about finding the most beautiful you that there is, not about trying to be another uh, somebody else who's beautiful. And, and I think this is the concept that gets lost. No, I, I think that's very true. I, I, I think that's... Um... I think that's entirely true. I think that you shouldn't. Nobody should attain to be a cookie cutter type of beauty. Yeah. By the way, I love that that phrase that you just invented. Lower middle age. 
Is that what you said? Yes. Or we could also say we're in our upper youth. (laughs) You know, I really like that better. I think from a PR standpoint, I think those of us that are in our advanced youth stages. (laughs) So can we change that? (laughs) Because everybody I've talked to, that again, is into health and fitness, that's into beauty. Everybody I've talked to that's female and, and a percentage of males, We'll watch those extreme makeover shows on the so-called grown-up channel, Learning, Discovery, A&E, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Where the yuck factor comes in, where the freak factor comes in, is again, unfortunately, with the swan and those type of shows, where it's not about a positive life change, about restoring somebody, but it's about, again, this sort of, this... Um, voyeuristic element of turning tur- turning it on to watch the car wreck. And it, it, it's, I wouldn't even consider myself a feminist. And I have to say that, again, the competition aspect is, I think, what's the turnoff for a lot of people. And if I was going to market this show, I would focus more on the lifestyle improvement and eliminate the pageant aspect. Yes, it's an original hook, and I can totally understand why she pitched the show to the network that way because it hasn't been done. But and it's it, also we're in an era where people have become hooked on tabloid. You know, if it you know if you're not having the pageant, it's not thrilling enough for the the viewer who has now been trained to watch all kinds of crazy things on television, like wife swapping. I think you're completely right, and you know, I I think that. Sort of there's, you know, anytime anyone draws a moral line in the sand, we we cross over. I mean, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. I mean, there's no they. We are they. We're turning on our TVs. And um, we're turning on our radios. And, you know, it always amuses me when people talk about, oh, there are no standards, there's no this, there's no that. You know, we are they. There's no they. And as consumers, do we want to tune into stuff like this? I, You know, who knows? Who knows? I, 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 I don't like to judge except, you know, and really in this case to say, the thing that, that, that alarms me is just this, in, in the quest for sort of um, novelty, I think that we're leaving people... Oh, Amy, you got cut off loudly. <laughs> Amy, I'm so sorry. That's the music telling me that our segment is up. Thank you so much, Cindy. I think that you were so informative, and I've always been very impressed with your ongoing quest for education and intellect, and I am so proud to be your friend. I miss you, and I'm going to see you soon in California, woman. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining us, and I think that you've given our listeners a lot of informative information, and we'll talk to you really soon. Thank you, Cindy. Bye-bye. Take care. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. 
visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio, and roll productions. We do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Betsy Serafin. On the show, Betsy will talk about the importance of having God in your life, as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to voiceamerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 1-888-335-5204. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Really happy with the show today. The pace is really high. Very diverse points of view on health communications. And now I have Claire Simmons from Compassion and Choices, which is my favorite public service group. Um, an educational group. And, Claire, why don't you talk about what you do and why right now you're on media um, highway. (laughs) Good morning, Cindy. Well, thank you. Uh, The reason I'm on media highway is because I am the best-kept secret in the Northwest. I am a one-person shop based out of Portland, Oregon, uh, working faster than any New York Minute uh, ever was able to calculate um, Compassion in Dying has been around since 1993. It was founded in Seattle as a response to the AIDS epidemic. Um, it was then um, part of an initiative to bring assisted dying to the Supreme Court. And there was a landmark case called Quill Glucksburg in 1996 that established the right for a terminally ill, mentally competent adult to request medication to hasten their death. And the Supreme Court said that, yes, this is a legitimate medical purpose and left it up to the states. I work, for, I work with three brilliant attorneys. One attorney who pled that case at uh, the Supreme Court, Quill Glucksburg. Her co-counsel was Larry Tribe. One attorney who wrote the Oregon law. She is the chief petitioner of the Oregon law. It's the Oregon Death with Dignity Act and one attorney who is the steward of the Oregon Assisted Dying Law, and he is in Portland. His name is George Amy. So the three of us uh, are first firmly committed to 
bringing very arcane legal issues to the press. And the way we do that is by terrific patient stories. Um, my, my job accelerated tenfold on November 6, 2001, when Attorney General John Ashcroft, moments after 9-11 attack, weeks after the 9-11 attack, decided that he was going to shut down the Oregon Death with Dignity Act, and he decided that he was going to invoke some creative writing in the Controlled Substances Act, and he was going to stop doctors who are prescribing prescriptions. And uh, we got word from always the best source, which is an Associated Press reporter, that Ashcroft was going to try and shut down the Oregon law. So immediately our dilemma was uh, crisis communication at its, at its fullest extent. Uh, if Ashcroft was successful, he would overturn two state elections and he would nullify the votes of about 65,000 Oregonians. And it would be a federal intrusion into state medical practice. Now, that's really boring, and you try telling that to a reporter uh, in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So we realized that, yes, we had to protect the law, but more so we had to make our case to the public with compelling stories. And we had a patient who was in the process of receiving his medication, and he became our spokesperson. And Richard Holmes launched Compassion in Dying into the front page above the fold of many, many newspapers throughout the United States. Um, I was a one-person shop, as I said. I have a fabulous web designer, in-house uh, designer. So we were able to prepare our website with uh, all the documents explaining the Controlled Substances Act, anything that had to do with the law. And I knew that Ashcroft had handed me a million dollars of free publicity if I could seize the moment. And if I could seize the headlines and reframe the Oregon issue, I would uh, launch this international perspective. And um, with a little help from my friends, I did. With a little help from 75 pro bono attorneys who all said, this, has got, this will not happen, and let me help. We had uh, attorneys in San Francisco, attorneys in New York, briefs were being signed, paralegals and whole legal teams were spending days and nights preparing uh, the correct legal response. And I was doing seven press conferences in six months. Okay, let me, let me explain this to the listener a little bit, um, it, you know, in terms of a personal story, if, just for a second if I can. Um, you're talking about how you're communicating it, which is why I want to do on the show. But there are so many baby boomers that find themselves in a situation where, you know, they have to take care of a terminally ill parent or terminally ill parents, and they don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, this was my personal case, and that's how we became affiliated. Um, but I, I can't tell you how many baby boomers open their mouths or drop their mouths when I talk about, um, you know, an organization that I feel I'm married to called Compassion and Caring Now rather than Compassion and Dying. Compassion and Choices. Choices. I did that last night, too. Damn. <laughs> That's because I care about you guys so much. Um, anyway, um, I one of the messages that I really tried to get across last night is not to assume that people know that 
you know, compassion and choices is there for you mm-hmm. when you are facing a terminally ill, you know, situation, mm-hmm. whether it's a sister or a brother or a, or a child or a mother or a father or whatever the case may be. And I think it's really important for my listeners to know that if they're in a situation where they really don't know what to do because they have a terminally ill parent that's, you know, quite frustrated and scared and all that kind of stuff, that compassion and choices is there for you to contact. Right. Uh, that's, it's, a, it's a broad reach that we make. Uh, you go to www.compassionindying.org. Uh, we are recently unified with end-of-life choices, so we are going through uh, a new web design. There will be a new uh, URL number, but at this point, that's the best way to reach us. We work with people two years from death and two days from death. People call us in incredible crisis and incredible fear. Their minds have shut down because they heard the word cancer and their brains have stopped working. And we have staff nurses who are able to speak with you about what your diagnosis is. They are able to speak with you about where you are in the progression of your illness. What are your symptoms? How are your symptoms being managed? And most of the time we end up giving very accurate information that that person can then take back to their physician and begin to have those wonderful conversations of understanding what are my options. Um, we are work with people on advanced directives. Our greatest, greatest obstacle is getting people to fill out an advanced directive. I was listening to your previous guest. We live in a culture in denial of their own mortality. There is a magical thinking pervasive that if I don't think about this, it will never happen. And we have so many cases of, actually the Terry Schiavo case in Florida, uh, of a woman who can no longer speak to herself and the family is in a rancorous legal dispute. Uh, Everybody should have an advance directive that they carry with them that makes their medical wishes known should they be unable to speak for themselves. Everybody should have second opinions from doctors. They should be able to Google their disease and research what are my options. And when you approach the end of life, the one thing you want to know is that you're going to be getting excellent medical care. And the only way you can do that is by having excellent information. I think, um, that's, I, I think that's well said, and um, I hope that people do go into your website. Uh, you didn't change the name of your website. It's still Compassion and Not at this point. It will be, but the best way to reach us as of today is www.compassionindying.org. Okay, well... I think that you are doing fabulous work. I, I admire you and applaud you. Um, we're all praying that, you know, perhaps California becomes the next state to um, legalize assisted dying. Thank you, Cindy. Well, and, tomorrow uh, in Los Angeles, uh, two fantastic California assembly people uh, will begin hearings on aid and dying legislation in California. There's going to be one in L.A. tomorrow and one in San Francisco, and a bill will be introduced in the California Assembly by February 18th. Um, We want to uh, look at California as a state that is very sophisticated when it comes to patients' rights, and that's what assisted dying is about. It is about good palliative care 
excellent hospice care, and the choice of assisted dying if your suffering becomes intolerable. And again, let me, let me just reiterate the fact that it's really important while you're well for people to think about, you know, of this very important fact. You cannot make this choice for assisted dying if you are not mentally competent. So the urgency is don't wait. <laughs> well, the urgency, yes, and the urgency is to understand the nature of your illness, and that's where very good relationship with your physician comes in is essential. And if you don't have that relationship with that doctor, you need to find another one who will give you very clear, uh, a very clear mapping of how this illness is going to progress. Um, you know, we are waiting for the baby boomers to wake up and say, I want good care for my parents. I demand good care for my parents. How do I get that? And Compassion and Dying can be that advocate for you. Um, call us with your fears. Call us with your misunderstandings. Um, let our medical team walk you through what it is you need to be asking for, what it is you need to be prepared for. Um, putting your house in order when it comes to your medical history is extremely important. It will be a great comfort to your family. Um, we want people to have the assurance of a peaceful and humane death. We want people to be on speaking terms with their loved ones and to have the choice to be able to die at home with good care. Well, really, what more can people want in life? I, th I think that, as you know, you have a tough job, Claire, because it's talking about a subject matter that's very controversial and that people fear. And I think that education is the first step for overcoming fear. And thank God for organizations like your own that can provide the education so that people can lose the fear and perhaps even feel empowered about dying with dignity. Um, other cultures do it, as you and I know. And um, really, I thank God for organizations like you. And best, best, best of luck with the initiative. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Claire, and I'll be talking to you real soon. Thank you, Cindy. Take care. Bye-bye. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Charity events, TV specials, VoiceAmerica.com Are you thinking of adopting a child? How do you know if you're ready to adopt? Each week, Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell will focus on different aspects of adoption that are important to you. Marty is a certified adoption practitioner and has made it her life's quest to bring families safe and ethical adoptions. 
expert guests for Let's Talk Adoption will include birth parents and adoption professionals. Learn how to overcome the hurdles of adoption on Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Jack Canfield, the best-selling author of Chicken Soup for the Soul series and also my new book, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. Make sure you tune in this Thursday to hear me talk about The Success Principles at 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America. Are you feeling overwhelmed in your daily life, unfulfilled in your relationships, unsuccessful in your career? Let's talk about it with marriage and family therapist Patrick L. Healy. Heard live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Patrick and some of today's top professionals will address your most important and pressing personal issues, helping you break down barriers as you discover how to have a happier, more fulfilling life. So if you're looking for real solutions in your life, let's talk about it with marriage and family therapist Patrick L. Healy. Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Cleos. Call in now at 1-888-335-5204 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Such a great show today, Health Communications, Inauguration Day, Health Communications. I hope that um, everybody that we're listening to today have different points of view to bring to America's health care system as President Bush is being inaugurated tonight. Hello, David Elliott. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Now tell us what The Reluctant Healer is. Well, it's a book I've written about uh, the healing work I've been doing for the past uh, 13 years. And tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, it's uh, I call it energetic healing. It's very intuitive. Uh, um, I have a gift known as Clara Audience, which I didn't know about until I, until I moved to Los Angeles, and I was an actor at that time. And um, anyway, people started coming up to me, strangers on the street telling me that I was their healer, that their guru in India or psychic in New York City had sent them to find me. And You're I, like, what, I, me? <laughs> I know. I <laughs> what are you was, talking about? Are you an agent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought it was pretty crazy. I, I started inquiring about therapy and thought, well, like everybody else out in California, I'm joking here, but um, I must need some therapy. And um, anyway, this phenomenon kept happening and people kept coming up to me and grabbing me on airplanes and different places telling me this stuff about being a healer and that they were supposed to, you know, be healed by me and I really was having a hard time with it. How long ago was this? (laughs) What? I said, how long ago was this when people started coming up to you? This was about 14 years ago when it started and it it would literally was happening as often as Two, three, four times a month, and, and did it? And this is just sort of out of nowhere. I mean, it just nowhere. started, and then it came with greater velocity. Yes, yes. That kind of it would have freaked me out. I think. <laughs> yeah, I was really um, getting to me, and finally, I said, "God, you need to send me some answers. This is starting to drive me crazy." And well, uh, were you a religious man? Uh, I was. I came from a very religious background, but I guess I. Um, pretty much lived uh, 
reluctantly uh, as a, having religious beliefs too. I was I was uh, um, not that religious at that point, um, but I was very spiritual. I would say, but not practicing a specific religion. Um, and when I asked. I looked up, and when I asked that, uh, literally my phone rang a, a day or so later, and one of my best friends said she had met a mystic healer and that he was coming to California um, and that I should meet him. And I said, yeah, maybe I should. And when I met this guy, he, he told me right off the top, he said, um, hello, brother, we meet again. And he proceeded to tell me about the clairaudience, and um, he told me, to write a book that was going to lift the consciousness of the planet um, from second chakra, and he called that the love of power chakra, up to the heart, the power of love. And I said, well, that sounds good, but I don't know what you're talking about. And um, anyway, he said, well, you're going to see, um, do the healing work that you were born to do. It's going to open all the doors. And I literally thought he was just another... Um, kind of new age person and, you know, wanted to discount it, but he said a lot of things to me that made, that, that started to make sense as I listened to what he had to tell me. And, um, this, this was, yeah, like say 14 years ago. And, um, so I just started sending him all the people that were coming to me for healing work. Um, and he would come to Los Angeles once a month. And, and gradually, there you know there would be 20, 25 people waiting for him each month to to see him, and I would kind of witness what he did. He was known; he had a gift known as clairvoyance, um, which you know you would probably know about, but you know would be called clear seeing. Right, and the thing that you repeat the word of what your gift is again. Clear audience, which is known as clear hearing. It, oh, that's very interesting. Okay, that's very interesting because I've never heard the expression before. Yeah, well, um, you know, it's it's interesting to me. Now, is your book on the newsstands now? It, I mean, on bookstores now? It is just be, uh, going into distribution and um, should be in the bookstores any time now. Um, uh, I know it is in, in the distribution network, so I'm expecting it to be in the stores in the next month. I think that's fantastic. I think that, um, you know, I, I, I hope that you have a very easy time publicizing it. Did you get a good publicist? Well, that's part of the whole, um, I'll quickly tell you the process. Um, so this guy, his name was Tim Heath. He was around for a couple of years. He died, and after he died, I started finally doing some of the healing work that I was supposed to be doing, and then cut to September 11th, September 12th happened. I woke up early in the morning, and the, so I hear a voice that guides me, and it basically told me to get in the car, go to the beach, get in the water, and wash away the fear. So I got in the car, started heading to Santa Monica, and this voice said, no, no, farther north, and it sent me up by Santa Barbara. So I got in the water as I was coming out, um, it said, it's time for you to start writing the book. And I knew right then it was the book that this guy was talking about 10 years before. And anyway, I started to write the book. As I completed the first draft, I got a phone call from a big uh, publishing company um, 
a person who worked for them and who wanted to come to me for healing work, and so I just thought it was a natural progression. He was interested in the book. They wanted to publish publish it, Um, and I thought, okay, my you know my my needs are satisfied there. Um, But then the voice that sometimes haunts me came in and said, no, no, you're going to start your own publishing company. You have to learn the ropes. You're not going to. Hand it off to these people, and so you started I, your own publishing company. So I started my own publishing. Company. Wait, 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 wait! Can we talk? There's a book that I've written about Playboy Enterprises, uh-huh. and I didn't sign a confidentiality agreement. And I worked for them for 15 years as yes. the corporate vice president uh-huh. of public relations, uh-huh. and we're looking for a publisher. <laughs> well, we should talk then. I mean, maybe um, we should talk because you know why? Publishers are giving me a very hard time because they keep on pressing me to, you know, they want. They seem to want just the TNA elements. Yes. You know, they want the sex elements, and yes. I'm not going to sell my integrity. Yes. In my case, it's a book about my spiritual journey through Playboy right. and how I really worked very, very closely with the two Hafners and yes. what it's like for a girl for Queens to do it. That was my calling. Somebody put me there, okay? Yes, yes, yes. And um, if, if you do have a publishing company, we want to talk. Okay, we'll talk. Uh, okay, but tell us a little more. We have a little bit more time before we wrap up. Okay. Um, I, you also give seminars. Yes, I just came back from a big workshop in um, Sedona. I do um, retreats usually about every three months. And uh, right now, Sedona, Arizona, uh, and also in New Mexico, close to Santa Fe, and have done some in, in Peru and in different places around the world, um, but those are my primary areas, New Mexico and Arizona right now. Wow, wow. Uh, well, do you know, Voice America, it's funny that Voice America Internet Radio, the parent company, is right there in Tempe, Arizona, so you're right there in the oh. same place. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe you should give a visit. Yes. <laughs> See if you can get a show on your own. Yeah. That might be another calling. I'll tell you what. If you help me with publishing my book, I'll get yes. you a show on Voice America Internet Radio. <laughs> that sounds great. Does that sound like, is that a clear, I can't say it, clear audio? Did I say it right? Yes. Oh, my God. It might be. Maybe it was just meant to be that you were on the show today so that we could have this meeting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, I, right now I, I got um, 10 ISBN numbers, so I know I'm going to be, um, writing some more books my, myself, but also helping people get their books published and publishing books. Um, I'm seeing that this company is going to probably grow pretty fast because I already have about five or six people who want me to take a look at, at their books. So um, so I, I definitely know that it's going to be something in the future that I'll be very involved with. No, I think I think that sounds great. So now, that, now you're a healer, yes. I mean, which sort of is interesting in itself. You've written a book. You have a publishing company. Um, For anybody that wants to know more about David Elliott and The Reluctant Healer, his website is www.thereluctanthealer.com. How do you get out to people that you're having these seminars and how many people attend? Well, the one we just did in Sedona had um, 46 people. Um, Right now, my, well, from... Uh, beginning, all of my work has been word of mouth. There has been no um, advertising or anything. The the book is the first. This has, I guess you would call it. It's my business card. Um, um, so 
yeah, so that's how people would find out. I know things are starting to get bigger and that I'm going to be teaching around the world. It's pretty apparent. So, well, uh, I think that this is a fabulous story. I want to talk to you more, and we will when we're off the air. Okay. I, I look forward to um, talking to you some more. You yes. have a fascinating story, and I want to thank you for joining us on our health communication shows with Stars of PR with Cindy R. Yes, thank you, Cindy. All right, we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, yes. everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.